from Cleveland, Ohio. This is the Cleveland Stage Podcast with your hosts, Tyler Whitten and Ian Wolfgang Hins. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cleveland Stage Podcast. I'm your co-host, Tyler Whitten, along with my co-host, Ian Hins. And today we're going to be discussing some of the going-ons in Cleveland theater this week. Uh, there's a lot going on, I think. I mean, it's, you know, it's mid-October, so... It's seasons in full swing. People are this ready to go in. They're tired of sitting around doing nothing and rehearsing. This is it. The weather is uh, is beautiful outside for another day or two, and yeah. then we're into a Cleveland winter. So I mean, there, there are go. some benefits to global warming, I think. <laughs> and part of it is being able to paint your house <laughs> in the right. middle of October. That's right. Or at least attempt to when yeah. it's not raining for weeks on end. I haven't raked jack at all for leaves. No, everything's still green in our backyard. Yeah, it's, it's, awesome. start, it's starting. To, it's starting to fall. They're starting to fall. Man. So uh, this week, uh, Ian, uh, like we said, there's a lot going on. So what are some of the things we're going to be discussing? Well, we're have we decided? Are we calling this the Cleveland Stage Roundup? The Cleveland Stage Roundup. I like that. It's good. Uh, I think we will start with uh, with Marjorie Prime. Oh, our friends friends around the corner here. Yeah, right down the street from us. So uh, Domama opened um, Marjorie Prime with uh, Dorothy Silver, Cleveland stage acting legend. Legend, vener- the venerable Dorothy Silver, and that that show runs through November twelfth, and I think it plays Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, uh, and Sundays. You can go to their website www.dobama.org and get more information on that. But um, you know, it's a, it's always a, a treat to to be able to see Dorothy Silver on stage, and I think that it's no exception in this case. Yeah, and this is a play that garnered a lot of praise uh, when it came out a few years ago. He even was a finalist for the Pulitzer Prize. Uh, Jordan Harrison, the writer. Uh, I think they made it into a movie too, right? Did they? I don't know. I think that. they did. Yeah, interesting. It hasn't come out yet, but it's coming. Yeah, but it's you know, I th- uh, from everything I've not seen it yet, I plan on seeing it this week. Is uh, you know, it's about as all good plays are, what it means to be human, and uh, <laughs> another theme that's pretty common in plays is what it means to be human in the digital age. Yeah. Nowadays, so just and like the Greeks used to write. That's, that's right. That's right. The the uh, Luddite Greeks uh-huh. versus the non Luddite <laughs> Greeks. So that's Marjorie Prime at Obama. So check that out. Um, here at Ensemble, we just closed well as it's rave reviews. It's rave reviews, as everybody knows. And uh, Shahrazad Theater Company, that's uh, we're, we're incubating here at the space, is opening their show, The Caucasian Chalk Circle, which uh, we've talked about in previous uh, podcasts. Yeah. New, a new adaptation. So that, that opening is finally here, and that opens Friday. They've been working hard. It's been great to have, uh, you know, it's a pretty good cast. It's been great to see everybody here in the in this theater, in the ensemble. Yeah, it's a big cast, right? It's yeah. a big, you know, they move a lot, and uh, uh, there's a lot of movement in it. I watched the second uh, the second act last night when I was done with my rehearsals for Harry Apeman. Uh, it's it's a funny show. It's an, it's an entertaining show, as most Brecht is, right? You yeah. know, you think of, oh, Brecht, that's stodgy German theater. How funny right. could that guy be? But there's actually some, some good political satire in there. It's a little bit like watching... Uh, Those Germans handle the, the craft very well. Yeah, you know, it's like, um, you know, I just flew in from Berlin and boy, are my arms tired kind of stuff. <laughs> no, it's not like that. But, you know, the, the Brecht uh, social commentary is a little bit like watching maybe uh, Trevor Noah or, you know, something that's, you know, a little bit different narrative, but certainly a commentary on what's going on at the times. And I think that that's been an interesting approach that they've taken to adapt it to, to modern day 
goings on. Yeah, so that's uh, Scheherazade Theater's production of Brecht's Caucasian Chalk Circle here at Ensemble Theater in our playground space. You can get more information on our website, EnsembleTheaterClee.org. And And then then our our good friend Ed. Yeah, Ed Walsh. Hey, another uh, stage writer. Uh, He's had a couple premieres here at Ensemble, and now he's got a premiere out at uh, Chagrin Valley Little Theater, along with his writing partner, Ed Walsh, or or Robert Knowles, sorry. And, uh, you know, I I don't know a lot about this. I think he did a reading of this. He did do a reading of this not here. that long ago. And uh, that that's running through October 28th, and that's Fridays and Saturdays and Sundays, and it's a new play, Love, Honor, and Other Complications is what it's called. So a world premiere comedy. It's I think the premise of the play is, you know, it's a, a middle-aged man finds um, that he's getting, he's getting married to, to a much younger woman, and all of a sudden he realizes that this woman that he's marrying, he took... Her mom to prom. Ah. <laughs> so, hilarity ensues. I mean, that's a problem? That's, that would sound awesome. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to try to get out and see it probably uh, next week, but I'm, I'm excited for them. That's great. You know, Ed's come um, religiously to the stage rights mm-hmm. and been a big part of it. And, and I, was, I was actually fortunate, fortunate enough to, uh, to direct one of his shows during the New Plays Festival, so I'm, I'm really happy that he gets, he's getting this opportunity at a different theater. And that's, you know, it just speaks, too, to the power of stage rights and what, yeah. what everybody's doing, you know, working at um, Playwrights Local. Mm-hmm. A lot of the readings, I think Cindy has a reading tonight. Cindy had a reading last night. Last night, Cindy had a reading. Brannigan and, has her, had hers last week. Yep. And uh, Ed has a reading going on at Playwrights Local in a couple weeks. That's great. So I think three of the four plays being done at Playwrights Local's Play Festival <laughs> are from Stage Rights. That's great. So come out. Yeah. Tyler's leading that. So Get produced. That's right. <laughs> no promises, though. <laughs> no promises. It'll, it'll make you a better writer, that's for sure. Mm. You know, uh, the other thing we could talk about is Waiting for Godot. It's going on over at... At Beck Center, and that's running through November 5th. They typically have a um, little bit longer runs over there uh, for some of their, their shows, which is great because it gives you a little more of an opportunity to uh, get over that. Uh, you know, ensemble favorite Michael Molden's in that. Um, directed by Eric Schmiedel, who you oh, remember sure. both those guys worked together in... Um, Work together it for Eric Koble's play Margin of Error. Margin of Error. So yeah, so they're uh, Eric Schmiedel, director of Margin of Error, and they they had teamed up on that here at Ensemble. Now they're working on uh, Waiting for Godot over at Beck Center. It's a it's a classic. If you've never had a chance to see Waiting for Godot, mm. uh, definitely go see it. I have not seen this production yet, but it's in good hands. It's in good hands, and it's gotten great reviews. Um, so you know that's always a, it's always a good bellwether when it's gotten great reviews. I think they bill it as one of the most significant contemporary plays of the 20th century, which hard to argue that. Yeah. So, and and if you know, and if maybe uh, you know, you're still waiting for Godot by the end of that, <laughs> you know, show the Rocky Horror uh, show is going on at Blake Canvas. We talked about that in one of our other roundups, but that's going through October 28th, and I know it's selling really quickly. Um, I think they have some special uh, show times, and the runtime is about an, an hour fifty. But it's a it's a lot of fun. Uh, if you never, if you if you've had a chance to see the movie, and you know do the participatory stuff in the movie, the 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 musicals. It similar. feels like you know, with Rocky Horror and Waiting for Godot, while they may be on different ends of the theater spectrum, yeah. those are still two plays you should really go see at least once in your lifetime. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think you're going to have a good time at both of them, right? Yeah. Waiting for Godot is going to make you think. Mm-hmm. You know, it's but gonna, it's still funny. It's very funny. No, it's very funny. And I mean, you shouldn't think when you're laughing, but this show makes you think <laughs> while you're laughing. 
Waiting for Godot is a funny show, but it's also one of the greatest plays ever written. Yeah. And and the Rocky Horror Show is something that you'll have a good time, but it's a cultural phenomenon, right? It's something it'll it'll show you a different kind of theater, mm-hmm. um, but a kind of theater that people appreciate and experience. Um, kind of like you know, little you know, little uh, wacky, far out there. Yeah. Kind of stuff. Burlesque show. A little bit of a mixture of burlesque. I know. I think Kevin Joseph Kelly's in this. Uh, mm-hmm. Cleveland actor Kevin Joseph Kelly, and some of you might might recognize uh, him. So that, but that runs through uh, October twenty eighth out at uh, out of Blake Canvas. We're so, running out of time to see all these great plays. Man. I know. I know. What you and I are talking about. We're going to go see the the, the next one. We're going to talk about which is uh, Theater Ninjas. Who we used to be. I think we're planning on seeing that uh, this Thursday, right? Yeah, so we're going to see yeah. that tomorrow night. And that's at uh, those shows are at seven thirty, and they uh, they play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And it looks like uh, they have a, a show on Monday the thirtieth as well, October thirtieth. That runs through November fourth. Um, and they, you know, Theater Ninjas are really uh, unique, um, a unique theater company. They do a lot of devised work, pretty much all devised work. And uh, you know, Jeremy Paul, who is uh, spearhead of that organization for a number of years, is. Is um, a really a really uh, interesting artist and committed to it, and he's uh, he's really produced some interesting things. I know they they did uh, at one point they did a show down at the uh, Cleveland Museum of Art uh, that was kind of like a live theater thing, you know, mm-hmm. where they were in the galleries and actually you know doing that site specific stuff. Oh right, yeah, I remember and, that. And I believe they have their own uh, Theater Ninja headquarters now at fifty four hundred three Detroit Avenue. So they've got a new storefront. It's a hot design. district over there now. Yep. Yeah, and it and it's you know rightly it should be. That's and I don't know the West Side. You know West Side a little bit better than I do, but that's uh, Detroit over there. That's over by CPT. It is CPT is at sixty five hundred and uh, Ninjas is over at fifty four hundred. A lot of nice bars and restaurants over there. Yeah, uh, my wife and I took some friends last week. I guess we can talk about that now. Yeah, mm-hmm. CPT. We went and saw the Eric Coble play. Um, the Clax, the family Claxon. Over at Cleveland Public Theater, starring our good friend Abe Adams. Yeah. Uh, and Hillary Wheelock was in it. Yep. And, uh, you know, there's some really great performances uh, in this play. Beautiful set. I haven't been in that space for a long time. Yeah. If, if ever, I don't think. I think the last play I saw there was in one of their smaller studio shows. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, uh, man, what a beautiful theater that is. Yeah. They old, p- old. Put a lot of work into it. Yeah. You know, they've really lovingly started to restore it or yeah. completely restore it. I mean, they're getting no there. They're there's getting still there. I mean, it's of, a, well, I remember, there's still a lot of peeling paint going on, but it's still part of the allure. I yeah, think. I remember, well, yeah, I remember what that, that whole site was like, you know, in, in the 2000s, the mm-hmm. early 2000s, and just where they've come now, and, and the work that Raymond and, and the folks over there have done is just really amazing. Um, you know, where they've come as far as uh, as as far as space goes and 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 programming and it's just really yeah. exploded over the last couple of years. So yeah, they're doing a lot of great work over there. Yeah, too. Colleen Longshaw's in that. I directed Colleen in uh, in Godspell, and um, you know she was in uh, the Tantrum Theater production uh, this summer okay. down, down in in uh, Dublin, the Tony Kushner musical. Mm. Carolina Chain. Carolina Chain. Carolina yeah. Chain. She was in Chain, that. Sure. She was in that. So she's in uh, 
in Eric's play. So it was, it was funny, though, right? I mean, I haven't seen. Yeah, it, it was yet. great. And the, that, the actors, the performances were really great. The plays, you know, it's a farce, and it's hard to do a farce. Yeah, especially in a space that big where the acoustics aren't working in your favor. Right. Uh, but I think they did Abe and the woman who I don't know who played his wife was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's an Eric Coble play, so it's a lot of fun, but there's still some depth to it. Uh, and I thought they did a really great job. That's a hard thing to do. Sure. Um, but they did it. It was a beautiful set. Yeah. Uh, I think they said it was the largest set they've ever had. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. I mean, I've seen pictures. It looks pretty yeah. amazing. Two yeah. stories, you know, yeah. interior. I mean, that's a legit set right there. Yeah. That's it, great. Like, you could almost leave that set up, and every playwright in town would be like, I will write something for that set. <laughs> If that's your thing. I mean, right. if you like sets. If that's... <laughs> and the, the great thing about it is, you know, it's you walk in, you're like, wow, what a beautiful stage design. You know that it's a farce, and you know stuff's about to get broke. Indoors. You know, yeah. <laughs> right. Things are Door about to fall slam, apart. Sure. And they, they do. They, they don't uh, shy away from it. There's a lot of things that go on in that play where I'm like... I would never do that. <laughs> and they do it, man. Good for Eric. It's good, God bless yeah. him. So that runs through the 28th at, uh, over at CPT. And uh, those are uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturdays. Uh, they also have Monday shows over there uh, at CPT. So check out uh, The Family Claxon. And maybe we could go another one, another one of our friends mm. uh, out at French Creek Theater. Um Brittany Shambo Addison, who's uh, directing The Little Prince. Great. She had one of our first production meetings for that. But her show, she, she directed uh, Bonnie and Clyde out of French Creek. And that's running through the 29th, which is a, uh, a musical uh, telling of the Bonnie and Clyde story. A love story at its heart, I think. It's worth seeing. They play Fridays, Saturdays, and then they have matinees on Sundays out there. And if you've never been out to French Creek, they've really upped their game in the last couple of years. And I think, you know, they've brought in some really good talent out there. I know that uh, this show features some projection work, and uh, the set looked pretty amazing. And Derek Green out there, who puts his heart and soul into the set designs and the, and the TDing, is, is doing a great job. So if you get yeah, a chance... Yeah, and it's not a huge space, right? So yeah. I think it's it's great to be able to see a musical in such a, an intimate setting. Yeah, and it, yeah, you, there's not a bad seat in the house, right, right. as they say. Yeah. And you're close. I mean, intimate, intimate theater in general, I think, is, uh, is always more enjoyable for me. What else we've got? Uh, we've got down in uh, in Akron, Rubber City Theater, which used to formerly I I knew them as Rubber City Shakespeare, but now they're Rubber City Theater. They have uh, Hamlet by oh, by uh, William Shakespeare, one of Tyler's. I've heard of him? Yeah, you love him, so we're definitely going to go check that one out. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> um, but that that one actually just closed, I think. So we we missed that one, but I wanted to give oh. them a shout out because they uh, they close on the twenty second. But I wanted to. Uh, just to mention, you know, they're they're a real up and coming theater down there in, in Akron, and uh, it's if you guys get a chance uh, to check out what they're doing, I would definitely uh, take a look at their website and uh, and go and go down there and, and make the trip down to Akron, or if you're in Akron, make the trip over to see them because uh, they're up coming up and coming group of folk out there. Uh, we got also we've got you know a little venturing into community theater here a little Whoa. bit. We've got we've got Chris Bizzum, who's a ensemble staple. Chris, we've been in you know he's in one of my plays, you've right? Been in, you've been in a lot of shows with Chris, and he's like, wasn't done, he in Kingsbury? He was in Kingsbury, and you were in Iceman with yeah. him, and uh, waiting for Lefty, waiting for Lefty, and he's uh, he's um, he was in Neverending Story. He mm-hmm. played the Gamork. For me, so you know, Chris is just working all over the place right now as a director, and one of the things that he's doing is 
is is directing uh, the complete works of William Shakespeare. Abridged. So this is maybe more right. more we, down your alley. He and I talked about it, and he was like, "I'm directing Shakespeare Abridged," and I was like, "How abridged is it? Is that abridged enough? Yeah. Is but, this a bridge too far, or is this like <laughs> the bridge over the River the, Kwai? Right. Which bridge are we talking about here? Talking the Detroit Superior Gates? Bridge. Right. Is this a bridge the gap? How did the, how do these guardians work? <laughs> he's uh, he's also in our. Um, are directing uh, with the Harry Ape uh, group that that's meeting on Saturday mornings here at Ensemble, so I get to see him every week. So that's cool, and uh, I think he's going to be in uh, Tom Fatar's play. Oh, great, uh, Mama Moon. So, but but check that out. It's over there at uh, Strongsville Community Theater, and that runs. Uh, it's a shorter run. It only runs through October 29th, so you got one more weekend to check that out. And that's at Strongsville High School. Um, $15 tickets are real affordable and it's a, if you've never seen The Complete Works of William Shakespeare Bridge it's funny Yeah, it's a good time it, it kind of never stops right it just keeps going and and, and next thing you know it's over yeah. so it's your favorite kind of Shakespeare it, it ends it I want to have like two drinks <laughs> that's what we should do is two drink minimum Shakespeare that's right that's brilliant yeah, it's great. Uh, also, we can talk a, a little bit about Lifetimes 3, which is a Yasmina Reza's play down oh. at Caesar's Forum, another kind of smaller theater company that maybe some people don't often think about off the top of their head. Um, and I know they've they've done um, Yasmina Reza's stuff. And Greg Caesar, who runs that company and is, is directing this production, and this one's got some great actors in it. It's got Dana Hart and, and yeah. Julia Kolobob in it. Um, and uh, I did. I'm familiar with that theater. It's the Kennedy Space, which is yeah. underneath the Ohio Theater, I think. Like, yeah. It's in Playoff between Square. the two big ones. And you go on the stairs. And we did last year, uh, right before Thanksgiving, we did a collection of my short plays in there as part of the comedy festival. Oh, nice. Which was a lot of fun. And that was a great space for it, too. Did There's people a- laugh? They did laugh. Get out of I got town. one of the best compliments I've ever had <laughs> that my friend had overheard because we did two shows in that one night. The first show, I didn't really introduce it very well. Mm-hmm. I was just like, "This is just we're just doing these plays. Thanks for coming out." I didn't really uh, prepare them for this, <laughs> for what they were about to see. Right. So a buddy of mine was sitting in the back, and there was a group of like two, four people, two couples, like older couples, older folks. Uh, and as they were leaving, he heard them say, "The one woman said to the man, uh, well, you're the one who picked it.'" <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, which was great. The second show, I prepared them a little bit better and was like, look, this is just this is theater the way I think it should be. This ain't Shakespeare, right? <laughs> we're just telling we're just telling dirty jokes right. in story form. So right. just relax, have a drink. Yeah, uh, and they laughed a lot more. And Kennedy's Down Under is a great, yeah, it's a great little venue, space. It's a great venue. And I, I think, think they do a lot of cabaret down there, right? Oh uh, yeah, they do. Some, they do cabaret. I knew they do a lot of long form improv. Oh, cool. uh, down there, and uh, but this and this show's only eighteen dollars, so you know yeah. you, you give you a chance to get down into Playhouse Square and see and some live theater. Yeah, and you're right some, downtown. Yeah, some great actors, really. I mean, you know, we've worked with Dana a lot, and, and uh, Yasmina Risa, she of course uh, won a Pulitzer for writing. 
uh, God of Carnage, God which of is Carnage. a great play. Also, didn't she also write art? She did write art. Art about the guys sitting around looking at a white canvas and discussing art. You know, I'm not familiar with uh, her other plays. It's it's a pretty... Uh, I do have a copy of that. I believe Alan Alda was in that first... Oh, yeah? It uh, was in the first iteration of art. Oh. And, you know, Celeste and I got to see God of Carnage on Broadway. We got to see the original cast yeah. when we were... James in, Gandolfini. Yeah, yeah. Li- living in New York and... Uh, it was great. It was great before James Gandolfini uh, passed away. But uh, yeah, I love her work. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. translated, right? She writes in in French. Yeah, French French writer. I remember uh, reading God of Carnage for the first time. I was on a I was on my porch in Lakewood when I lived there a couple of years ago, and thinking, uh, this won the Pulitzer. I could do this. And I didn't mean it like, <laughs> I didn't mean to say like, oh, I could write that. I just meant like, this is a good storytelling, right? Like, it's a straight play. It wasn't, I always think when I hear Pulitzer, I always think of like really extravagantly theatrical plays, like stuff that I cannot comprehend or do, right? Like, yeah. like when I read Father Comes Home from the Wars, right? Like, mm-hmm. this is a play, it didn't win the Pulitzer, but this is a play in my mind. It should. This is the. This is like the top echelon, right? Because it utilizes so much theatricality. Sure. Whereas God of Carnage, it's great writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I use it in my playwriting classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie Carnage, starring Christoph Waltz and John C. Riley yeah. and Jodie Foster yeah. and um, the woman from Titanic. I always draw a blank. Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet. Yeah. They're all great. You draw a blank. <laughs> um, well, I am now forever. Uh, you know, it's a really, it's a really great, it, uh, it's a really great example of a play where like everything is pristine mm-hmm. and perfect in the beginning, and then it just slowly erodes into chaos. Yeah, they start throwing stuff all yeah. over the place and at each other. It's like Ed, other. it's like Edward Albee on crack. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, if, yeah. If if that's even possible because yeah. I think Edward Albee was pretty much on crack most of his life. <laughs> but uh, allegedly. That's my hey, that's my personal allegedly. opinion of his writing and some people love it's Edward Albee. Albee. Albee by the way. Albee. <laughs> and you know what? He can sue me. Oh wait, he's dead, so he can't sue me anymore. I'm sure his estate will let try him to sue you. Let him. Let him come. That'd come be great after press. me. I would love it. I'd take it in a heartbeat. <laughs> Kidding me? Uh, but you know the other, the other, the last place I kind of wanted to talk about uh, was down in Akron and uh, Not Too Fragile, and they're getting ready to put up a steady rain. Mm. So you could check out their uh, website. I don't have it uh, in front of me. Um, but you know, Steady Rain's got Chris Richards and um, I think Bob Ellis is in that as well. And it was a, uh, there was a production of it done at Obama not that long ago. But it's a, it's a really it's a interesting kind of psychological thriller. You know? Yeah, I mean it's a two hander about uh, two police officers retelling a story of uh, a crime that they were investigating. Yeah. Uh, there's a nice little twist there at the end. Yeah, for sure. What uh, what uh, have you have you seen any any uh, Netflix series lately? Anything that's been going on on TV? Anything that I should be checking out? You know, you're usually pretty good good about that kind of stuff. What have you been watching, if anything? I'm yeah. not. The only time I watch TV now is with my wife before we go to bed. Mm-hmm. Usually while we go to bed. So it usually takes us a week. To so watch you, an entire episode. So you watch Star Trek like I do with my wife before <laughs> no. we go to bed? Well, it's usually it was West Wing, but we started watching uh, Mind Hunter. 
You know, I was just going to bring that up. Yeah. yeah, I just finished the first season. Oh, of you my did. Country. I was. I just kind of. We're I think on episode seven. Uh, okay. Well, I can tell you what happens if you but want. That's fine. <laughs> no, it's it's an interesting show. Yeah. I, I just uh, it's funny because Celeste and I were watching it, and and she kind of thought, well, the writing's a little dry. It's it's a little yeah. dry at points. You know, it took me a little while to get used. It stars Jonathan Groff, who of course is well known on Broadway. He mm-hmm. was, and I thought mm-hmm. at first I was like, "What is this guy doing with this role?" Uh, but I kind of came around. I, I kind of appreciate the two contrasts of the men. Yeah, and just for the audience out there, it's just a, basically it's a show about FBI agents in the psych department coming behavioral science, behavioral science coming up with. Um, kind of the early stages of uh, how to um, codify serial killers. Yeah, I mean, it's based on real men, mm-hmm. real agents, even though they don't use their name. And they had essentially one of they had essentially stumbled across this idea of why don't we interview these serial killers and mm-hmm. get what was behind them? Like, why would they do these things? So that we can maybe, it'll maybe help us solve crimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, that seems so obvious now. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> because almost every cop show on TV, that's all they do. Sure. Uh, but, you know, this was the 70s. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's a great moment and I think, like, the third episode when they bring up the idea of interviewing Charles Manson. Mm-hmm. And the vet is like, why? Nobody wants to talk to Charles Manson. What are you talking about? You're just going to give this guy a microphone? And, and this point was like, yeah, we need to figure out how, where is this, like, how does his mind work? Is there a correlation between how somebody was raised, for example, or the environment in which they were raised mm-hmm. and it, how they become a serial killer? Like, you don't mm-hmm. just wake up one day and decide, I'm going to kill a bunch of people. <laughs> And I mean, mutilate their bodies, or they do, or I mean, maybe they do. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But that's, but that's what the show ships and lives. Uh, Eugene O'Neill's stuff is in the Yale um, library, but he never went to Yale. He had nothing to do with Yale at they all. Just, they just took it. They well, Carlotta, his third wife. So that let that be a lesson to you. If you get married three times, make sure you put in your will that your third wife doesn't give your papers to Yale. Right? Otherwise, anybody but Yale. <laughs> anybody but Yale. What the ir- irony is that you know he really learned a lot of his craft at Harvard, and huh. they didn't end up there. So where papers end up is always another interesting. I mean, maybe that's your a legacy, man. Maybe a whole other podcast. But yeah, so Sam Shepard's coming. You know, that's coming up with Sam Shepard, and I think it's. You know, people fight over that, and we don't even really think about it. But it yeah. does, for research purposes, it does make a difference. and gives access to things, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to always think, especially being here at Ensemble, like, what are the plays that we've forgotten about uh, that are really good, that maybe haven't been done for a while, that are worth revisiting, you know, like Barry Child, maybe, or some of Shepard's old work. You know, for, that, for my script analysis class that we're doing here, we read Raisin in the Sun this yeah. week. And, you know, that's another play. It's a great play. It's a great play. And you don't see it done too often anymore, I don't think. Has, yeah. it, been, has it been done in Cleveland for a while? I, I mean, they I just want to say Clyde a couple Park, years but, ago. Yeah, yeah, I want to say it was done a couple years ago. It, it comes back around. I mean, it's such a great play. Right. And there's so much theater here yeah. that I feel like that even on the community theater level, I think I think it, it kind of crops up again. Yeah. Uh, and it should because, I mean, you know. Sean Puffy Combs all aside, it's a great right, play, yeah. you know, and, and he actually did a pretty good job in that, but, you know, when she wrote it, she was pretty young. She was really, I mean, she died young. Yeah, so, uh, you know, and that's that's something, too, that I don't know that we think a lot about, or what are those kind of one-hit wonders, right, that yeah. maybe, you know, had a, had a real big success and then kind of disappeared, because in this business, it can happen really sure. easily, 
And it doesn't mean that they're not, as we always talk about, it doesn't mean that they're not talented yeah. or that it's not it's good. Just, sometimes it's the dumbest luck. Yeah, the dumb luck of it. You know, like look at Clifford Odets. Yeah. You know, Odets, huge, you know, theater career, started out like gangbusters, and then he just kind of drank himself to death in Hollywood writing bad screenplays. Well, I know? mean, I think you see that a lot too, right? I mean, yeah. you know, Tony Kushner wrote Angels in America. It's a fantastic play, and he's done some work since then, but he's done mostly screenplays. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's... He's gone to the dark side, and I think that's an example of somebody who... And how can you not be, right? John Logan, I mean, he was yeah. a great playwright, yeah. and then he started winning Oscars for writing screenplays, and, you know, he came out with Red a couple years ago. It was a great play. Yeah. Um, didn't, he, didn't he write... What's the one with Casey Affleck? Didn't he write that one? Who wrote that Manchester movie? by the Manchester Sea, Kenneth and Lonergan. Lonergan's another one of yeah. them, right? Like he's been writing, you know, because we, we just did... Um, this is our youth, yeah. which is a, a, a Lonergan uh, play, and now he, yeah, Manchester by the Sea was, was they won an Academy Award, I think. Yeah, Casey Affleck won it. Yeah. So, yeah, you know that's where the money is. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, I would, t- I would not turn it down. <clears throat> I mean, look, you know, even you look at it, at Rajiv Joseph's career, who we have a relationship with here, and we've done a lot of his plays, and, and Rajiv is, I think, still primarily a, a playwright, but you know, he wrote Draft Day. And you know, and which was an underrated movie. Underrated, well, underrated movie, and I think you know, if you're from Cleveland, it's a you got well, it's a kind be. of a must, a must see too, because it really gets it. But you know, I think um, I think that's where the money is, and you got to write those things. To it's either that or you become a television writer and you get on a show, right? Yeah, and and you know, which you brings just, us back to Netflix, right? There's so many of these shows. I mean, if you look at House of Cards, which was like the first real mammoth uh, series to go on Netflix, that kind of really garnered a lot of attention. You know, that's an example of a playwright jumping ship yeah. over to uh, screenwriting or television writing. You know, I, even I, even me, somebody who hates screenwriting, is developing uh, one of my plays into a TV series. Like, you know, it's, which one? Uh, I don't know if you know this one, The Brothers Chapel. I think I've heard this is the one about the Christian brother, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Christian family. Did we read that here one year? I don't know if we read it here. You told me about it. I don't remember. Yeah. I might have. I might not have been. You might have read it, and I might not have been here. But yeah. I remember you telling me about it, and 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 I think looking at it early on. But. I think. I mean, you know, it's it's hard to say. Uh, look, I can write a play, have it produced here in Cleveland, have a great production of it, as we've mm-hmm. done several times, mm-hmm. and I'm fortunate by all you know imagination to have that happen. And, you know, 200 people will come see it, or you can write a screenplay, make a million dollars, and millions of people will go see it. Yeah, and that's distribution channels, right? So Bo yeah. Willeman, right, who, who mm-hmm. is the creator of House of Cards and a writer, we've done two of his plays here. Yeah. You know, we did Laura Ninth, which is a great play about the uh, the aftermath of Katrina. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it was it was well attended, but it you know doesn't reach the audience that House of Cards no. reached. Yeah. And and uh, you know we were in what was the other Bo Willeman play we did? Um, they made the movie with George Clooney, Farragut North. Farragut North. We did Farragut North here, and Kyle Huff, who's directing Caucasian Chalk Circle, directed that. I was it was actually one of my rare turns on stage. I was actually in oh, that yeah. play, um, which probably drug it down. But um, <laughs> I tried. I did my best, and I liked it. So, but you know, those those plays were great. Yeah. But you know, it's just that distribution, and I think. I think that's one of the reasons why um, live streaming is still interesting to me, mm-hmm. right? It's that economy of scale. It's that distribution channel that you can hopefully garner, yeah. right? Um, the hard part about the live stream is that you are now competing with things like Netflix and Hulu yeah. that are essentially plays <laughs> in serial format, right. you know, that have a much higher production value than what you're getting live. 
but I think it's I, I think that that's something that we're going to have to figure out. How do you reach those economies of scale? How do you become the Amazon of online theater? Right? Because, you know, I mean, I think there are there are sites that are trying to do it. Uh, Ontheboards.com mm-hmm. uh, is one. HowlRound, of course, mm-hmm. is a great theater website. It does a lot of uh, live streaming. I don't know if there's a solution or if there should be. I don't know. Well, it's hard to break through the market, right? Yeah. So it's hard to, you know, a lot of people get, it's how people uh, receive their media, um, and it's as a as a standalone website or even on something like Livestream like we have, it's very difficult to cut through all of the noise to, to carve out that niche. Sure. Right? You really got to start with I mean, the, that's true of even theater. Yeah, and it's true of even shows on Hulu and Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. there's there's a couple <laughs> there's a couple on my Netflix line that say continue watching that I'm like, mm, yeah, nah, that's not going to happen. I've seen it up years. <laughs> it's not going to Well, I mean, it's even even the, you know, even the the shows that you know, might be considered binge-worthy that I've seen enough of. And I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, I saw three episodes of this. Right. And, we know how it ends. Yeah, I, I kind of get it at this point. Yeah. So, I, you know, it's hard. It's a hard It's hard out there. It's a hard market. And like we talked about in the roundup to kind of bring it full circle, you know, there's a lot of great theater going on, and theater goes in cycles. And, um, you know, what's the future hold? I don't know. But that's one of the other reasons I like doing O'Neill because it kind of gets me to thinking about those things. You know what's the next what's the next phase of American theater and how do we how do we continue to to grow mm-hmm. grow it and, and keep this organization alive and, right. and and moving forward so um, but go go out and support the arts really is kind of yeah. the bottom line right I mean go out you know, and I see shows we talk about this and there's no reason to stop talking about it but Cleveland's really in the midst of a uh, of a renaissance mm-hmm. and I think when we look back 10, 15, 20 years to now. We'll think, man, look at what everything that was going on. Like everything yeah. is, you know, there's a lot starting out, but there's a lot that are, you know, a lot of our theaters, us included, I think, are in quote unquote mid season form. I mean, we're, yeah. you know, been consistently doing great work. A lot of theaters in Cleveland have been doing consistently great work. And now you have a lot of new fledgling theaters, Scheherazade for one, yeah. who, uh, you know, are, are helping the, this renaissance of Cleveland uh, continue forward. And I think that's a great thing. And not just theater, I mean, live music, yeah. art. Yeah. Um, you know, if you look at neighborhoods uh, like Tremont in Ohio City, they're supporting uh, art galleries, uh, restaurants, and bars are doing really great here, and it's you know it's a great city to be in. Yeah, there's a lot of nightlife here, and it's getting younger, right? Yeah. That's so that's the other thing that's that's really interesting, and we see it in our in our audiences too. You know, we see our audiences are changing over yeah. time. Um, and which allows us to do different kind of theater, which mm-hmm. is kind of exciting. So, again, if you if you're looking for a place to live, and you're maybe getting out of college, or you know, didn't, get, like, I didn't get into college. <laughs> <laughs> if you're just like, I need to get out of Guam. That's right. I, Guam is too small for That's, me. I can't. I need get me off I need of this big rock. Fish. That's right. If you're tired of living in paradise, yeah, come to Cleveland. Get out of Guam, man. Yeah, get out of Guam. I mean, there's a lot of great places. I mean, we were over on the Larchmere area in Shaker. Uh, near Shaker Square, kind of over there, and and uh, one of our actors lives in that general direction. That was in Well, we were over there for the cast party, and I hadn't been over there in a little bit. And man, that part of town is really, really picking up. Yeah, and there's some great houses over there. I mean, some real, real quality houses. And Larchmere's a great, a great little strip there with some great bars and restaurants. So there's all these little nooks and crannies, yeah. right, that are coming back because they had been here, and now they're they're finally getting rejuvenated. So. It's a great place. Cleveland's a great place to be. It's a great place to raise your family. It's a great place to start out as a young artist. Uh, yeah. A lot of opportunity here. It's great. Well, thanks, Ian. Thanks, Tyler. 
And thank you all for listening to the Cleveland Stage Podcast. I'm Tyler, along with Ian Enns. And remember, Tyler, all the world's a stage. What is the next line to that play? All the world's a stage and all of us are players or something like that. Whatever. That's stupid. They have their entrances and their exits. Oh, yeah. The slings and arrows of our time. (laughs) 